Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number 51, and today I have absolutely no agenda coming to this one. Now, I did say yesterday in episode 50 that I had an agenda, and did I meet any of the fucking things that I wanted to talk about? About 50%. Did I go off on some tangents? Absolutely. And did I actually full circle those tangents and bring them back to where I started and make a point about what I was talking about? Absolutely fucking not. So I thought, why not just come into this episode with no idea what we're going to talk about and figure it out from there. The one thing I am going to say is, I got myself one of these. You're probably wondering, what is this? This is a Dare Sparkling Cold Brew Black Coffee Vanilla Flavor. I'll give you a little look here. See, it's, it's what we're fucking dealing with. And as you know, if you watch the podcast, or if you listen to the podcast, <clears throat> I've always got some sort of caffeinated beverage with me. But I always do exactly what I just did, which is... <clears throat> You know, excusing myself every like bloody five minutes because I've got a build up of that clag in the back of my throat. And you would think from listening to Joe Rogan for the past like seven years that I would know that that's what coffee does. Alas, what do I do? I make a coffee before I start every single fucking time or I go to McDonald's or townhouse. I get myself one and I bring it back and I make you, the audience, deal with it. Now, beautiful. Smells like coffee so far. We'll get to that in a second. I will just footnote this real quickly. If you hear any sounds of craziness around me, if it sounds like the roof is moving a little bit, we're experiencing some wild weather here. So I'm uh, right now for you, if you're listening to this day that was released, it's the 20th of October, 2021. It's a Wednesday. But for me, it's Tuesday afternoon. I'm trying to get this in before all my bloody systems fucking slow down and shut off for the day. So please excuse any sounds you might hear that is just the crazy weather that we're experiencing outside at the moment, which is, I wouldn't say it's unseasonal. I'm at the point now where I'm kind of getting a bit disappointed with any sort of cold front or bad weather that comes through because I feel like we've just had... Actually, you know what? It's not even about the weather. It's about what I'm doing with my life. Let's try this. Oh, wow. Wow. That's extremely different to what I was anticipating. That's like a sweet cold brew. That sounds like a fucking watered down dare iced coffee, but still with heaps of sugar in it. But hey, let's fucking <clears throat> give it half a chance, would you? Don't don't bloody knock it down before we've already started. I know they don't need any promotion, but how? No, not in front of my Indian man. Let's no oh, fuck them. Let's just put it over here. That's where they deserve. So. I think this is the first time like I've kind of had a, a combination of being an adult, having interests that I like doing, having time to do it and having the things within those interests to do them. Like, you know, I like doing wheelies. I've got a push bike to do wheelies on. The weather's good and I've got time to go do wheelies. So I'm just excited for good weather because as soon as a good weather and that's the last piece of the puzzle. And I think up until this point in my life, if I, uh, I might have had those things, I might have had the good weather. I might have had the intention. I might have had the things to do it, but I just didn't have the fucking... I didn't have the fiber in me to go do things, you know? And something that you may have noticed if you've been paying attention to my story this year that I've just all of a sudden, I can execute things. You know what I mean? I'm really good at having an idea and just following through with it. And I think I've been pretty good at that my whole life. But I think the thing that I've been good at has always been executing big ideas and it's really hard to execute small ideas. You know, for example, I've always known that if you go and just be in nature as the sun's coming up anywhere, you can be on the side of a highway, you can be fucking standing next to a lake. You can be at the front of your house. Literally, if you're just outside when the sun's coming up, besides it being you know bizarre weather, it's actually a really amazing experience. You know what I mean? Don't distract yourself with anything. Just be there for it. Let it happen. Be a part of it. Embrace it. You know what I mean? If you can add to it, 
you know, that might be picking up some rubbish or it might be, you know, needing, needing up some lawn. It might be watering a plant for the day, you know, just something. If you give yourself that time, it's actually a really beautiful moment. And the thing that I found is like, I've always known that. I've always worked shift work where you wake up early or you finish your shift as the sun's coming up sort of thing. And you're like, wow, this is such a magical time. But now I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I will vocationally go and be outside. I'll be awake just to be outside as the sun's coming up, just to have that moment with nature and with myself. And it's like being able to execute those small things that you know are so valuable, but you don't really, I don't know, it's only you don't take anything away from it, but they don't have any like direct monetary result or they don't have a direct experience, you know, experience-based result where you just kind of have to like be in the moment to accept what it is. I feel like those things, I'm getting really good at like identifying that I like them and following through with actually doing them. And now that we're like, you know, obviously we're living in a house now, we have been living in a caravan for the longest time. It's just super exciting to fucking... It, you know, like I find I'm riding my push bike every day that the sun is out. And like yesterday, I rode it twice. And the second time I rode it, I end up just fucking putting an absolute fucking crazy amount of effort in. Actually, you know what? We might, have, I'm going to write that down so I can come back to it. I'm going to say um, bike ride yesterday. But yeah, we've got this crazy fucking front coming through. And I'm at the point now, I feel like we, we, we must have, you know, these batches of weather. Where we are, I mean, we're located in Bunbury in the southwest southwestern corner of australia which is just absolute fucking heaven if you're listening to this from anywhere besides you know like perth Bunbury, or surrounding areas honestly google Bunbury, google the southwest like margaret river and dunsborough and bustleton and like augusta we have literally some of the most amazing shit in the world and it's like for free and right there and you just have to drive 10 minutes down the road and like we have these amazing beaches and the air is nice and fresh here and like everything is built for tourism so everything's kind of built to show off as well and now Bunbury and Bustleton have really just kicked it into high gear these past five years and you go into these major public spaces and they're fucking beautiful you know they are truth truthfully they are beautiful and even as a as a resident of your own town I feel like I'm proud to take someone that isn't from here. Not that I've got people visiting from over east all the time because they fucking can't. But, you know, if something someone was coming to visit, it's like, dude, let's go check out Kambana Bay. Let me show you the main street. Let me show you the, the new bridge that they've just built. Well, it's not new anymore. I'll show you the new jetty road they've just, you know, built up and all the rest. It's fucking crazy. And going down to Bustleton is much the same thing. So it's uh, super exciting to get out on my bike and enjoy it and just really like soak in what, what we have to offer. But um, what was the fucking point I was making about being in the Southwest? That can't be important. But realistically, though, like the re- the thing, the, 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 the point of this place being so fucking beautiful, a lot of it has got to do with the weather. And while our winters are fucking crazy, our summers are pristine. We're too far south to get super hot. We're not south, south far enough for it to like not really still get those, you know, 35 and 40 degree days. So you still get that end of the spectrum. But realistically, I feel like, you know, it's fucking what, middle of October, we're just about at summer, which is in December, and we're still getting these crazy fronts come through. And these fronts, I mean, while they only last two or three days, that's the point that I was making, by the way, that, you know, the weather comes, but it goes as quick as it comes because these fronts do only last one, two, three days, and then you're back to the good weather. And I'm crossing my fingers that this is the last kind of cold front that we're going to have come through. Maybe one more if we're, you know, kind of unlucky. And then it should just be like 20 degree days from here on out. You know, so it's just perfect bloody push bike riding weather. It's a great weather to get out there on our skates, great weather to get out there on motorbikes, good weather just to take the dog for a fucking walk, go for a drive, enjoy the sunset and the sunrise. It's going to be, I'm actually super excited for, for this summer coming up. I mean, obviously having my own business for the first time where I've 
it's making money. You know what I mean? Like it's simple enough. Like I can, I've got a business that I can actually live off and I can let myself enjoy my time is super exciting. But just like, yeah, having all the fucking, having the hobbies and having the things in the hobbies so that I can go do them. And obviously having a great relationship with Larissa and having, you know, having Louie as well. My dog is just great. I'm in a, I'm in a position where I just feel like everything's in my favor at the moment, you know? So super excited for summer, but Today is pretty crazy, so it may be a little bit loud outside. Now, let's talk about this fucking push bike ride yesterday because I actually came to a bit of a realization the other day, and it's one of those things as well where I first thought it, I was like, oh, that's really nice to think, but I don't want to accept what I'm thinking because it is favorable for me, right? And when I have these ideas that are favorable for me, and you'll understand that the more I get into it, when I have these ideas that are favorable, favorable about me, I tend to be apprehensive in believing them and taking them on as gospel only because you need to pressure test these things. Because if you don't pressure test them and start speaking about them as if they are gospel, then it's really easy for someone to catch you out. Now, I'm born and bred a smart ass, right? I am fucking fluent, fluent in being a piece of shit when it comes to conversations. Like when you're talking, unless we're having a real backwards and forwards, like deep and meaningful sort of thing, when you're talking, half of me is keeping up the conversation and the other half is thinking of ways that I can pull the piss out of you. Now, this is only because like my dad is a genius when it comes to shit talking and, and pulling the piss out of people. I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that in like a comical sense. He's super good at finding the funny part of anything and being lightning quick at delivering it as well. So as with him as my mentor, I've always been real fucking backwards and you know i've been really good at being able to assess conversations and go like oh if i wanted to be a smart ass i'd say this at this time you ready they finish their sentence bang and then all of a sudden you're the prick in the room you know i was typically the class clown at school because of this by the way now with that said when you're a smart ass when you're the class clown the one thing that you do is you never leave yourself open right you never leave yourself open this is like when if you're a boxer you might be good at fucking striking but your striking is only as good as your ability to defend so when I come up with these thoughts about myself that are really advantageous to, for me or they put me up on a pedestal, I go, hang on, hang on. Imagine you're someone else and you just said what you're thinking out loud. How would someone else perceive that? And I know the thing that I'm going to do right now is say it on a fucking public platform that's going to end up on the internet. It's probably the silliest thing I can do, but stay with me, okay? Stay with me because what I want to do is I want to explain what I thought. I want to explain where it came from and then I guess I, I just want to like, in a certain way, we're gonna, I'm going to voice board it with you. And obviously, I don't have any feedback from you, but you can decide whether I'm right in your mind. Okay. So for the longest time, I've always believed that I have a good amount of like persistence and consistency in what I do. I'm very, uh, I find it easy to stay on track with things. And I find it easy to, when I'm in moments of like massive exertion when I'm in moments of like really giving everything that I've got I find it easy to keep going I'm not someone who like gets there and goes like oh no I'd rather quit you know and then back out I've always always oh fuck's sake like it's nice but I would never get it you know what I, mean? I would never get that just from I don't like that if I'm honest right I've always put this down to the fact that I was a speed skater you know I've always thought, so if you don't know, I mean, a lot of you probably do, but let, let's, I'll just give you a little briefing if you don't know. So when I was 10 years old, I first stepped foot in the rink and probably for, I don't know, five, six years before that, I'd be rollerblading on, you know, the cheap rollerblades that you get from Kmart sort of thing. You know, I'd be rollerblading on them in the front yard. So I kind of knew how to skate, roll, roll, roll of blade that is, so inline blades. I go to the rink at 10 years old 
I get picked up by the speed skating coach here. He says, hey man, you're pretty good on your feet. Why don't you come to a speed skating class? I go to a speed skating class. It turns into one a week, then it's two a week, and then I'm doing three or four you know, classes a week, and then I get speed skates, and then I, I get better and better and better and better, and then about... Eight years later, I was living in, you know, I went to like world championships. I went to multiple national championships. I went to multiple state championships. Obviously, I went to Oceanas. I did, you know, I ended up living in Europe for just under a year. I was racing, um, you know, against like international competitors every weekend sort of thing. So like I got to a really kind of high level of speed. I, you know, obviously I got to like international uh, kind of semi-professional athleticism, essentially. So basically... It's hard to cross-reference speed skating to any sport because it is so unique. But the thing that it's closest to in my mind is something like cycling because it's it's kind of a team sport. It's still kind of a solo sport. It's a very endurance-based thing. Skating has a lot more technique than what cycling does. But basically, I mean, I was a marathon skater. So I was a long-distance skater. Typically, my favorite race was the 42-kilometer marathon, which obviously is a race that goes for you know a reasonable amount of time. So a 42-kilometer um a uh, 42 kilometer marathon typically goes for like anywhere from like 55 minutes to about an hour and 20, depending on the course, depending on how it's raced, depending on who your competitors are and what division it is and where you are in the world and what altitude it is and all the rest. But it's about an hour of skating and typically the last 15 minutes of it are at a fucking stupidly high pace. And like the whole thing is, is basically you're working your way up to like the first half of the race, you just kind of on tempo and everyone's doing their thing. You might get some breakaways. You might get a few people that are just going hard from the start and try and maintain it. Or you might have a team that's just going hard from the start to try and work out, work the pack down so that they can send their guy out with fucking two Ks to go and he can just do a massive sprint. Everyone's fucked. They can't chase him and he's just out there by himself because he's been chilling out the whole race. So the point that I'm trying to make here is it's a very cardio-based sport. And in skating, obviously, you know, it comes down to, you know, a lot of it is technique and the equipment and all the rest. But basically, if you can go super fucking hard for super fucking long, you can win the race. It's that simple. And the one thing that I figured out from a very early age is I wasn't necessarily good at winning, but I was fucking good at working. I could outwork anyone. And this is one of those things where like people who I used to skate against and like the parents of people that I used to skate against and maybe even the coaches of, of skaters that I used to skate against, they might even probably some of the coaches that I had might differ on that opinion. But the one thing I do know is like I could break people's spirit as far as making it look like I wasn't working hard when I was working the absolute hardest. You know, I knew that if it was me and you neck and neck going towards the line, if it came down to heart, I would win, right? And the thing that I put, like, obviously with skating, I had a complete fucking cutoff at about 18, 19 years old where, you know, for, for the sake of the conversation, like, I pretty much didn't pick up skates again for another four or five years properly. I fucked around and I dabbled and I wasted some people's time. But essentially, uh, like, when I left Europe, I came back, I think I did a national championships and that was it. So I was out. Um, following that up though, like I always found that when it came to times where, and like, this is the thing, when you've been a professional athlete before you're 18 years old, in one way, it makes you extremely strong for the world you're about to enter. And in another, another way, it completely fucks you. One of the like biggest things that I struggled with when I was doing that transitional period from being essentially I'd been an athlete, a proper athlete for about a year. I've been traveling all over the world. I've been doing races. I've been having these crazy experiences. I still hadn't touched drugs or alcohol basically at all. I had not touched a single drug. I had not smoked a single cigarette. Nothing of that interest, interest me. It was gross. It was disgusting. 
Um, alcohol was something that I maybe done a handful of times, but it wasn't even it wasn't something that I identified with. It wasn't something that I look forward to. So the thing that I found was like going into the workplace and going and like going and getting a career outside of this idea of being the best skater in the world. I was so scared to be normal because that was the thing that kind of I identified through was like my character was I was a speed skater and even if I wasn't the best in the world, I was still someone who was in the mix. And that was like, you know, we had a conversation. Skating was the thing that I would always bring the conversation back to because it's all I knew, you know? And like, the, obviously there are things that like <clears throat> experiment with things when you're when you're a kid and when you're a teenager and you and you play around with your character and you kind of see where you fit in and where you don't fit in. And like, obviously there were other things that I was confident and comfortable in. But inline speed skating was my thing, you know? And I found that, like, obviously I still stuck around gyms. You know, I did a bit of boxing. I continued cycling a little bit. I I think I was even doing pretty long runs as well. Like, I'll go running with a mate of mine who's now, like, he does heaps of running. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things that I would always kind of... The thing that I realized is it didn't really matter how fit I was or how unfit I became... I still had that thing where like, I mean, fitness is just how quickly you hit the wall, right? So when you break it down, fitness is basically like if you and I start running and you can run for five kilometers before you start to go like, oh, fuck, I don't know how much more of this I can do. I might only be able to do a kilometer and and then get that same feeling. The thing that I'm talking about is like wherever you are in your fitness, whenever you hit that wall, your heart is your ability to continue going, right? And the thing that I found when I was like outside of skating and in these situations, and sometimes it wasn't even athletic, um, wasn't like athletic uh, situations. It was maybe it was swinging a sledgehammer or maybe it was just simply getting through a night shift or it was doing something that you really didn't want to do, even if it was something that was more academic or a mental struggle. My ability to keep going was always there. And I've always kind of attributed that to being uh, an athlete at heart. You know, I mean, I've already put that down to like, I've already faced the devil a million times. I've already been in the red zone. I know what being so fucking uncomfortable feels like. I know what it is to work so hard that you throw up after the fact. I've been in those situations where you're giving so much effort where your body has no choice but to start crying. You know, like I've been there, I've done it. I've been the weakest person in the room. I've been the strongest person in the room. And I've always said it's because I'm a speed skater. Now, with that in mind, Put that to one side. Let's talk about this ride that I went on. It wasn't yesterday. It was actually the other day. <clears throat> now, I don't know if any of you have noticed, but there's been a little bit of a change in my body lately, right? So since uh, living in a house, I'm going to put it down to living in a house, I have found that I'm not in any one particular area, but I seem to be getting an extra layer all over me. Just a little, just a little layer. And this is a thing, right? This is a thing. I know what you're thinking. You don't, you're not fat, Jake. You're not getting fat. What are you talking about? When you've been a professional athlete, even for the little amount of time that I was, you know, because being a professional athlete for a year means that you've probably spent, like I have, eight years getting to that point. You've spent eight years not worrying about anything else. You spent eight years not going to parties as a teenager, not drinking as a teenager, not having a social life. Your only friends are the people that you know in the sport that you do, which is for me, skating. So you've got to a point where now you're a professional athlete for a fucking good reason right? For a fucking good reason. And when you're a professional athlete, your whole duty is to make sure that you can do whatever sport that you're doing to the best of your ability. Correct? So when you have this sort of lifestyle, when you're monitoring everything that you're eating, everything that you're doing, your recovery, your, what you're doing in the gym, how you feel, you know, all of these things, when you've got such a close eye on all these things, that sticks with you forever. And I mean, 
to be very honest with you, I mean, the reason why I'm, you know, I'm almost 29 now and I look the way I do is because I've maintained that state, that same stringent mentality of like making sure that, okay, let's not fuck around here. Like if you're going to have all this sugar here, that means you've got to dilute it all later on with heaps of water. Or if you're going to stay up late tonight, that means that you have to have tomorrow free to sleep. You can't just burn through that because then you've just lost a night's worth of sleep in your life that you're never going to get back. You know, and so on and so forth. All those examples and situations where you get to a point where you're like, I'm in some sort of deficit, whether it's fatigue, whether it's um, diet, whether it's with drugs, whether it's with fucking, you name it, I've always carried that sort of mentality. So now as, you know, a 20, 28 year old, I put on the littlest bit of weight. And I'm like, I see that. I see that. And I'm not one of those people, like people who say like, you know, just one day you wake up and you're like, you're, you're fat and all, no. That happened every fucking day up until the point you realize the only difference between today and all the days you didn't realize is you were negligent on those days. You didn't ask yourself how you feel. You didn't pay attention to the red flags that you thought was some other bullshit or you know you kind of patted yourself, didn't pat yourself on the back. You were essentially negligent with yourself and you know gave yourself the benefit of the doubt that whatever you're feeling was something else when realistically you're having too much sugar. You're not sleeping enough. You're not drinking enough water. You're not regular enough. You don't have enough fucking fruit in your diet you know what i mean it's like it's real simple doing this shit but it's really easy it's really easy to call it simple when you've been that diligent with your kind of performance and your appearance and your output beforehand you know as a as a younger person so since noticing that i put on this little bit of fucking how you going you know a little bit around the center here and maybe some under the armpits and on the back of the hand nah never on the legs my legs are fucking strong as fuck anyway the thing that I immediately do as I go, right, I need more output because obviously I'm becoming a little bit more sedent- is it sedentary. Is that, is that the word? Sed- sedentary in living in a house. Oh, someone just did a little skid around the corner. Um, you know, I don't have to walk up to the bathroom. I don't have to fucking, you know, I don't live in an area that's essentially this size of the fucking thing behind me. So, you know, it's easier to spend time on the couch. It's easier to sleep in. It's easier to eat a little bit more food because you've got more food because your fridge is a normal size fridge and not a fucking angle. You know what I mean? So because of that, a consequence that I'm facing, I now ride my bike as much as I possibly can. So if I'm going to the post office or if I'm going to the shops and I only need one thing, or even if I've just got a little bit of spare time, I take my push bike. And... You get to a point where like for me, you know, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I've, I've gone on enough leisurely rides and I don't really get much from riding anymore. And one thing that I should have mentioned before is on skates or on a bike, there is one thing that I've always been really good at and that's going up hills, right? Going up hills on a push bike has been something that like, I'm actually not really that good at going down the hills. I'm a bit scared of the speed. I'm not really that good at using big gears and staying on straights and just like putting in heaps of power for an extended period of time. But you give me a hill climb that lasts as long as you want and I'll be all over it, right? So at the moment, I'm currently riding around on the bike that I got for my 19th birthday, which is a felt curbside, which was originally designed to be a fixed gear push bike with just like simple T-bars and shit on it. The only thing that's original is a frame. I now run it as a single speed freewheel push bike, which if you're not aware what uh, that means in the whole cycling terminology, it's basically like a road bike with one gear. So it's got one ring on the front, one ring on the back. You can't change it at all. You're stuck to that gear. But being a freewheel means that if you stop pedaling, it'll just coast, right? Whereas a fixie, you can't stop pedaling. You have to pedal at the same rate that the wheel is going. So if you're pedaling fast, you're going fast. And if you pedal slow, you're going slow and if you stop your pedaling, the back wheel stops spinning altogether. So that's what it was originally. And now I put the component in it so that if I stop pedaling, 
the wheel keeps spinning and I can just coast. So I'm on this ride about three rides ago and I looked at the Bunbury Church and if you're, if you're a resident of Bunbury, if you come to Bunbury before, you'll know that the church is up on the tallest hill in town. If you get to the, very, if you get to the church, you can actually look out to the rest of the town. I think there might be one high point, which is the Bunbury, Bunbury High Hill. But I tell you what, we'll get to that as well a bit later on. So I look at this hill and there's Audis at the bottom of it. And I was hanging around Audis and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go fucking ride that hill. I'm going to go hit that hill as hard as I possibly can. And like that, I fucking pulled out of the driveway. And this is the thing, like once I have an idea like that, I'm like, well, you've had the idea. We actually have to do it. Because now if you don't do it, you're the person who thinks about things and then doesn't do them, you know? And I know that you can play that out and go like, oh yeah, so you just do absolutely everything you think of. No, but when it comes to a challenge that maybe I'm scared of, then I can't let fear get in the way, so I'll go do it. So I go and fucking, I mash up this hill, right? I mash up there. And if you don't know what mash means, you can picture what it means in your head. So I get to the top of this hill and I'm feeling good and I'm puffing on it. It's one of those situations where like it feels like your throat hole isn't big enough to take in the amount of oxygen that your body needs to recover, right? So it's actually quite a scary feeling, but it's also one of those things where I've been here a million times before and this isn't even anywhere close to red. This is just like, oh, you're just a bit puffed because realistically you can get up that hill in under a minute. And if you really go hard you can fucking motor up that hill. It's only like, the, the trick with hills are, the slower you start, the harder it is. You wanna go as hard as you possibly can at the start and let that get you as far as it possibly can up the hill. And then when you start hurting, I mean, that's when you kind of have to push twice as hard to maintain the same speed, but that's what you should be doing. But we're getting into the mentality and kind of like the planning of hill climbing. That's not what this is about. So I do that hill climb, I'm feeling pretty tough. I'm like, fuck yeah, look at me. I just went up this hill and no one told me to do it. No one told me to do it. So I cruise down the bottom of the hill and I'm riding around. Duh, 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 duh. I go through town because town's right there as well. And I'm looking at all the cafes. I've got my music going in my ear. I'm having a fat time. I look and I'm like, the Bunbury High Hill, of course. Of course the Bunbury High Hill. I'm going to do the Bunbury High Hill. That's sweet. So I start making my way towards the cop shop, which is at the bottom of the Bunbury High Hill. I look at the hill and I'm like, oh, I, I forgot. It's like a hill to get to the hill. And the thing is the hill to get to the hill, the first hill is like, yeah, it's a climb, but it's not like, I mean, you could probably do it without getting out of the saddle sort of thing. If that was just the hill, you wouldn't get out of the saddle. You cruise over, you get to the top and you just fucking coast the whole way down. Like, fuck. The Bunbury High Hill on, on, on the other hand, like the hill after the hill is fucking crazy. And it's like a left-hand turn that unless, I mean, you pretty much are going to slow down going around that turn anyway because it's not like you're going to carry speed going into it. You just kind of have to get to it, turn the handlebars and then keep climbing sort of thing. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I see that first hill, a little bit apprehensive. I don't stop at all though. I'm just apprehensive in the mind for a second. I'm like, right, it is what it is. I made the decision. I've got to do it. Okay. So I go up this hill and I fucking go really fucking hard, right? Really hard. I get that out of the way, maybe 20 seconds because it's just, you know, it's a, it's a moderate hill. It's nothing crazy. I get to the top, I turn left. Now I'm heading up the Bunbury High Hill, right? And this is one of those hills where, stick with me, I'm gonna picture it in my mind and explain it. So it goes like, it's got a reasonable incline, incline, and then it goes to a real rough incline, and then it levels off for a bit, comes to another incline, and then levels out, but then takes ages to plateau at the top. And the whole thing is probably, it's probably, 500 meters long, like between four and 500 meters long. I might be way out there. It's not like it's a kilometer long though. It would be less than that if it's anything. And obviously you've just gone up this little baby hill before. 
So I'm like fucking powering up, powering up, powering up. I get about halfway up this hill. I'm at like the fucking, probably past the worst point of inclination, right? And just like that, bang, I'm going to quit. And I stop pedaling. And obviously when you stop pedaling and you're only doing fucking 12 kilometers an hour, you instantly lose all that speed. And I almost came to like a stop. I almost dipped my bar to the right as if I'm going to turn around. And then I had this all of a sudden wave come over me like, what are you doing? You're going to quit? Now you're going to quit? You come to this point, you go and ride the Churchill and then you ride the hill before the hill of Bunbury High and then you get halfway up the hill of Bunbury High and you're going to quit now? Bitch, we just got in the zone. We just started making things happen and now you want to fucking turn around and go back down? What's the story that you're going to go home and tell Larissa that you did one hill so you did so good in this first hill that you didn't have to do the second hill? Because to me, the fucking first hill doesn't mean anything if you're going to do this on the second hill. This says more about your character than what the first hill does. I know you're thinking, what, you really thought all of this while you're on the hill? Fuck yeah, I did. That's how seriously I take myself, right? And so in that moment, I decided, no, I'm the baddest motherfucker on this hill right now. I am the baddest motherfucker. That's what I thought to myself. On this hill right now, me. I'm the baddest motherfucker. If they were handed out baddest motherfucker name tags, I'd have one on me already. The dude handing out the name tags would look at me and be like, where'd you get that? I was fucking born with it, dude. So I fucking, I get back into it. I grip my hand, I grip my handlebars like they fucking owe me money and I get back into climbing that hill. And now it's a little bit harder because you think, oh, you've had a little bit of a break for half a second. Nah, dude, the lactic acid just builds up even worse then. And now instead of having the momentum that you had from already getting halfway up the hill, you're starting from a fucking dead stop. So I've made this harder for myself, right? And then as soon as I got on that, you're the baddest motherfucker mantra in my head and I repeated it and I repeated it and I repeated it. Before you knew it, I'm getting to that part that takes ages to plateau out. And even though it takes ages to plateau out, I know what I've just done behind me, right? So this thing could take another kilometer to plateau out. I don't care. I've already done the hardest part. And then I remembered it starts coming back. All those times I spent on a push bike, you know, throwing up and crying or on my skates, giving absolutely everything, doing 42 kilometer marathons. I remember I did a fucking hundred kilometer race once in the Netherlands. Like, dude, all of those feelings, not the, not the memories of you doing them, but the feelings that you get when you fucking pump it, when you when you know you went to the red zone and then you pushed even harder, you stayed in the red zone, you know? I'm getting one of those things where like, I can, everything's all good and I'm under control, but my vision is almost blurry in a way because your body's just fucking trying to get back as much oxygen as it can so it can deliver all that fucking creatine and recover all that adenosine triphosphate that's been made in your muscles. Yeah, bitch, I know how the body works. I'm that fucking smart. So, <laughs> no, I'm not smart. I just know what is relevant to me. And then... It occurred to me, like, that's right, you're a speed skater, you're a tough dude, right? And I thought, is it because I'm a speed skater? Is that what this is? Because we've never considered, I've never considered, never has it crossed my mind that maybe I'm just a tough person, that maybe I'm just built different, you know? Because as soon as you start saying that about yourself, I don't know about you, but that brings a certain amount of expectation around me. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, It also brings around a certain amount of expectation around other people when you say that about yourself. When you say, I'm built different. I'm built out of different shit. Take the hardest motherfucker you know, we're cut from the same cloth. When you start saying shit like that, people expect a certain certain result from you. And at the same time, they're going to say like, that's cool. If you want to be the person who says that, that's all good, but you've got to back it up. And like, I'm not saying you've got to go run a hill in front of me and don't let any sweat come out of your body. And when you come back down, you can't be puffed at all. But also when push comes to shove... I need you to be fucking shoving. I need you to be the fucking man. So as far as I'm concerned, 
And as I say, I'm not saying this about myself. I'm just elaborating with you the thought process that I went through when I had this experience, right? So I don't want to be the person who goes like, I am built different, you know, all the rest, because I think when it comes down to integrity, I don't want to say that about myself until it becomes evidential. I don't want to say it and then have to prove it. I want to prove it and then be able to say it. So when it comes to saying that you're a bad motherfucker, you know, I had to be on that hill. I had to get to a position where I wanted to quit. I had to get to a position where my body just quit on me. My body told my mind, this is too hard and explained to my mind, you have to make a subconscious decision to tell the conscious part of this dickhead's brain that he's got to stop. Otherwise, this is going to hurt so fucking much when we do if he keeps on going. And then that happened. And then that part of my brain said, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who the fuck are you? Who are you? I don't know who you are, Mr. Subconscious, but me, Mr. Conscious, is the baddest motherfucker on this hill and these legs aren't going to stop turning, right? So I start to play it all back. I play it all back. I'm like, okay, so I know that I'm a hard worker because of X, Y, and Z that I've done in the past and X, Y, and Z being speed skating. And then I ask myself, well, if you never did speed skating, does that mean you never would have had those experiences? Does that mean you never would have had those feelings? Yes, you would have had those feelings perhaps. No, you wouldn't have had those experiences, but yes, those feelings may have existed somewhere else. So when I start to replay the things, the, replay the experiences that I had where I had those feelings, but it had nothing to do with skating. It was running and boxing. It was working for fucking, whether it was on a mine site or working for my dad or a truck driver or all the rest. And I started to realize something. It doesn't matter what you do. You always go really fucking hard for some reason. And I've forever, forever I've given myself the certificate of being like, yeah, that's because you're a speed skater and speed skaters work hard. No, dude. No. Speed skating was just the first thing that you did. Speed skating is the first thing that, that you gravitated towards enough for you to like enough to sh keep on showing up. But I think that, I mean, dude, if I had a grown up with a fucking football in my hands, I'd be in the AFL now, you know? And I know that's super easy for someone to say that's just recording a podcast to themselves. And of course, I'm going to bet in my favor that of course I'd be on the fucking AFL if I played football. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind about that. The same, there's no doubt in my mind that black ink's going to be fucking huge one day, you know? It's just one of those things because you're playing with something that other people like to believe are their, you know, that, oh, that's a dream of mine. I would love to play in the AFL. Yeah, but you just fucking deep down, you know, you don't have it in you to do it. And it sounds really mean saying that, but the difference between the haves and the have nots in that circumstance is the people who have it, the people who have that supreme faith and confidence in themselves, they know they've got it. It's like a fucking extra bone in your body that you know from birth you've always had. And some people, sure, they're not born with that, with that bone and they can grow it over time through, through self-belief and through doing the damn thing and getting the experience and understanding that it'll, it is all just putting yourself out there and, and executing and getting the results. But those who were born with it don't stand in their fucking way because most of them, it doesn't matter what they do or touch, they're going to be successful. And as far as I'm concerned, like I'm not going to start, of course, as I said, I'm not going to put this in my brain as if I am the baddest motherfucker or I was born a hard worker. I will continue to believe it's because of speed skating until there is enough proof in the pudding that it doesn't matter what I do. I know I go hard. Yeah, someone just did a, a little skid out the front there. It was only like a first gear takeoff skid. I mean, at least fucking hold the brake in, drop into second, do a power skid and prove your worth. You know what I mean? Fucking single peg of power skid in first gear. Yeah, super cool, bro. But it's just, it's just interesting, you know. 
it's just interesting. I mean, I find it interesting when I third party myself and I kind of assess like, so you're, t- and like, this is the thing following that. I mean, yesterday I went out on my push bike. Get this. I had to make a delivery at the post office, right? I leave the house at 4.30, 4.30 or 4.31. I get to the post office, which is like fucking, as the crow flies, it would be 6Ks away, 7Ks away, I think. And, but I mean, obviously taking footpaths and working with traffic at 4.30 in the afternoon, it's fucking however far away it is. I got there at fucking 4.41. It took me exactly 10 minutes to get there on a push bike. So I gave everything to get there before realizing I didn't have my fucking wallet on me, which meant I couldn't deliver the shit to the post office and I couldn't go to the shops on the way back and get the shit that I needed for dinner. So what do I do? I go for a cruise through town and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? Let's bomb it up the Milestone Hill. Let's see if we can get up the Milestone Hill without fucking standing up. Let's see if we can get up the Milestone Hill without getting out of the saddle and without opening my mouth. So the whole time, the only oxygen I have access to is what I can get through my fucking nose holes that are most of the time blocked up. Right? So I do that. I get to the top. It was hard. You know, it was hard, but it wasn't like fucking, oh my God. It was just like, yeah, that's inconvenient to have to only breathe through your nose and not be able to stand up and put power down. But I did it. And then all of a sudden... I'm at the Bunbury High Hill again. And I'm like, fuck. I wanted to do the Churchill because I didn't want to go home and feel like a soft cock for not doing anything while I was out. So I thought, fuck it. I'm going to do the Bunbury High Hill. Then I'm going to cruise down to the Churchill, go home. Right? Now, if you know Bunbury, you know the logistics. You know I'm kind of hitting the Bunbury High Hill from the other side. So you know how I said it takes a hill to get to the hill? Well, if you can imagine that hill goes downhill as well. So I'm just hitting it from the other side. So if you're watching the YouTube video, it all makes sense. If you're listening to me, you're more confused, but it's all good. So basically I'm hitting this hill from the other side and the other side of the hill has heaps more gradient to it. It's like, instead of just being a gradual climb, it's like a fucking going directly vertical up and then it kind of plateaus and then it goes to the Bunbury High Hill. So I'm like, fuck it, here we go. Straight out of the saddle, open mouth. I give fucking full effort, full effort, full effort. I get to the Bunbury High Hill, full effort, full effort. I go past the point that I wanted to quit before I start fucking think I'm the baddest motherfucker on this hill. I get to the top, I smile, I'm all good. I'm like, fuck yeah. So we've done the Milestone Hill, we've done the Bunbury High Hill. We even did the hill to get to the Bunbury High Hill that's steeper than the other one we did the other day. We're doing well. So far, I've done the same amount, if not a touch extra than what we did the other day right? So I get to the top of the Bunbury High Hill. I cruise down heading towards the bloody, the ocean. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'll do a little loop in front of the ocean, see the back beach and I'll cruise around to the Churchill. Happy days. Nah. So I got to the T intersection that if I turn right, I go towards the beach. And if I turn left, what's that? That's another hill. So I do some quick maths in my mind and I realize that hill up there actually leads to the back of the church hill. So I'm like, hey, bitch, we're on. Doesn't matter what you want to do now. We're doing more hills. So I cruise. I don't even cruise up that hill. I meander up that hill. I meander up that hill like it's fucking three o'clock in the afternoon and I've been working for the past seven hours and I'm waiting for it to hit five. You understand? I meander up that hill. I'm still on the I'm still on the fucking books, bro, but I'm barely there. Because I know come that Churchill, I'm giving everything. I'm giving absolutely everything, right? So I meander up this hill, I cruise down the other side, I get up the little bit of a hill that takes me to the top of the Churchill, I roll the whole way down the Churchill, I go into the Audi car park, I fuck around for a couple minutes, and then I just think, it's on. So I turn to, on that fucking that uh, what is it, Oliver, what's his name? Oliver Tree or something? The LA singer. 
It's not important. He's got that on and on and on song. I put that song on because I just need something that fucking is repetitive, you know? So I fucking strap my feet in. I hit this hill and I hit this hill with so much fucking heat, dude. Heat. I'm working, right? So I get to the like bottom part of this hill and this is like the only hill that I was going to do. And now I've got like, what? One, two, three, four, four and a half hills in my legs. And I'm thinking like, man, if there's any point my legs are going to blow up, now's the fucking time. And would you believe it was as if someone just poured fucking liquid ice or something into my legs because no lactic acid and power, power, right? Fucking power. I was pulling my feet up those straps like I was going to rip through them. It was crazy. It was like I got a fucking second or third or fourth wind all at once and given to me as a gift as I was going up this hill. It was as if I had a tailwind going up this hill. And I realized, yeah, baddest motherfucker on this hill. This is you, man. You're a hard worker. It doesn't matter what you do. You work hard. Look, no one told you to do a hill today and you've done five of the cunts. You've done five. And not only that, you're cruising up this last one like someone's chasing you with a gun. Hear that? That's a rain coming in. Dude, the rain is sideways outside. That's crazy. My fucking tomato plant. Every year I get a tomato plant and put it in a pot and all the rest. Fuck. Fuck. Just wait. I'm going to bring my tomato plant in. So this is me tomato plant. Just so you know that I wasn't lying. And... We walk, fuck, he's getting strong, hey. So I don't know if you can see, there's a little mark. I'm just sitting there. Little mark just here. See my finger coming through? Little mark about there. That's how high he was when I got him. Oh, tomato plants smell so good, don't they? This is sick. So he's probably got like, yeah, that much growth on him since I've got him. But yeah, he's just thickening up, but he's still not strong enough to handle that fucking wind out there. That was crazy. No one deserves that, you know? But yeah, I fucking, I cruise up that hill, I get to the top, you know, I, I mosey on down to the beach and I cruise home and man, it was just, I don't know, I think the whole thing that I'm really taking away from like this, you know, the thing that I'm taking away from all this is just like maybe I, I yeah, as I said before, I don't want to say it about myself, I don't want to say that I'm, I'm a tough motherfucker, I'm built different or all the rest, but I think there's a certain part where, oh my God, that was some hectic thunder. There's a certain part where like, I'm definitely coming to a point in my business and my life, I guess, where I'm starting to be proud of what I'm doing, you know? And then like, people who aren't in it or people who don't understand it kind of on a intimate level, they tend to go like, oh, well, of course, of course you're proud of what you're doing. You know, you've gone and started your own business and you've got a screen print and all the rest. Like, to me, this all seems not simple, but obvious. There seems like if you just think about what you're doing, it's really easy to achieve the results that I'm achieving so much so that I feel guilty that I'm not moving quick enough, right? But at the same time, when I compare myself, and you really should never compare yourself, but when I compare myself to even the people that I see trying to build a brand, brand similar to mine, when I come across them advertising their, their shit on Instagram and all the rest, when I compare myself to them, it's like, oh, you are built different to them. You are doing something totally different to them. Whatever it is, whether it's your mindset or whether it's your ideas, your creativity, there is something completely different there. 
But I don't know. I think I'm just starting to get to a point where I find it so much easier to bet on myself because I can. the proof is in the pudding. You know what I mean? Like behind this camera right now, I'm looking at a screen printer that's mine that I've taught myself how to use, that I've got products literally just there that I created, that people have already bought off me because they believe in what I'm doing. You know? And please, please, as I said with everything, I'm not doing this to brag about myself. I'm doing this to create transparency in the human experience. I'm doing this so that if you have an idea and you think it might be worth something, then fucking explore it. Do everything within your power to try and figure it out because there's light at the end of that tunnel. There is gold at the end of that rainbow, but damn it, you have to dig. You have to run towards the end of that rainbow like someone is chasing you with a gun, you know? Man just an interesting hey it's just a fucking it's just a, a thought project you know what i mean as is your entire life is thought projects it's having thoughts let, seeing how they fucking feel and sit and seeing if they identify with your character and then embodying them or, or fucking employing them into your life and letting them become who you are you know fuck dude <laughs> i kind of get deep and i kind of just talk shit the whole time don't i how fun is that i tell you what i got another idea that's 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 my fucking that's that's the shit about my bike ride yesterday and my bike riding in general but I did. I do have. I've had this other idea that I've kind of been thinking about a little bit for the past. Since I started doing a podcast, actually, I've kind of wanted to do this. But um, I've been thinking I want to do like a uh, review show, a, a review, yeah, a review internet show, basically, um, where say like the first one. What I would do is go get a KFC double tender box with extra pepper mayo, because anyone who follows the story knows that that's my KFC order, and just sit down, set up the camera in front of me, and just eat the meal and give a bit of review on the meal and see where it takes me as far as my ideas and talking shit and all the rest. I'd like these to be about anywhere between three and 15 minutes, depending on what I'm reviewing, whether it's a meal or whether it's a product or whether it's a service or whatever it might be. And just like, you know, do a little bit of a deep dive into things and also let it turn into these crazy, ridiculous tangents like today, you know, like today I sat down with no fucking nothing to talk about at all. And it turns into 45 minutes of me fucking riding up hills, which... I must admit, I was kind of, I, I keep these counts in the back of my head how many times I've said particular things. I think I said bad motherfucker about like 21 times. So if, if that was on your bingo card, like Jake hitting bad motherfucker 20 times, then you can put a circle around that because I hit that. You know what I mean? It's funny though. I ran into um, one of my friends who's a postie who I know is definitely listening to this at some point. So if you're listening to this, Mick, hello. How are you, my friend? But I ran into him this morning and he goes, uh, you got to stop saying, you know what I mean? Because I fucking know what you mean, but I'm sick of hearing you say it. So stop saying you know what I mean. So for everyone who's had the same thought as Mick, trust me when I say this, two things. I think that as well. I feel terrible for saying it over and over. It is purely an insecurity thing. And number two, I'm going to try my very best to stop saying it. You know what I mean? And with that, be good to your mum because I'm fucking out. Yeah!